I drink slow to feed the nose She never likes to get blown Has he got enough money to spend? Leave now, he's you and from He doesn't like you when the girls go Has he got enough money to spend? I play with these niggas I play with, I play with these niggas Straight up I play with these niggas I play with, I play with these niggas Youngin' always seen with a killer Hand stitched by my dealer Dealin' with a scene, you ain't seen what you mean, Margiela Shitty got the scripts for the cough In the age, you gotta hit Johnny for the frost Swerved off, it ain't been a minute since I seen a weird nigga from the corner Put it on for the south On my mama No nigga, be close Go nigga, go nigga, grab my bottle Go nigga, go nigga, grab my chronic Keep your head, head my nigga Niggas gonna be billionaires, my nigga Fuck how much time that shit might take Niggas ain't playin' with them Acting like I, I want it on these niggas
All right, let's do this. Um, it's been a minute. It's been a minute since I've done um, done some solo content here. I've been, I've been through it, guys. I have been through it. I have been uh, on a few wild rides, if I'm being honest. Um, I've been, I've been on journeys. I've been thinking. I've been strategizing. I've been, I've been feeling a lot. Um, first sidebar, actually, first, uh, first ADD sidebar. I've been obsessing over Alicia Keys, actually. And I just want to talk about it. And I might get a little sexual. I might get a little freaky. You know, who cares? Let's let's see where it goes. Alicia Keys is objectively fucking spectacular. Like, let's just let's just all just agree. You know, women listening, men listening, people that you know are attracted to men, attracted to women. Let's just all just speak about this for a second. She is just objectively the most amazing beautiful, smart, um, talented, um, brave, thoughtful, dude, like a couple objective points of views. Number one, her ass and her thighs and, and everything about her is so objectively great. I was, um, I was high last night, very high, um, shrooms again. And, um, and we were all sitting there analyzing and looking at her, just her aura, her energy. Um, we were analyzing her, her hips and her thighs. And then we would go to her face and analyze how soft and how gentle and how supple it was. And then we would, we would have the ability to like look through her physical being and connect with the emotional variables of who she actually is. And we were literally feeling her energy, feeling her authenticity, feeling her, her pain, her joy, her clarity. Um, it was so sweet. It was so sweet. It was so good. It was, it was so, it was something that we all couldn't understand. And it was, and it was something that we all identified and noticed kind of like an aha moment. Like we all knew and, and felt that Alicia Keys was pretty and we all had these thoughts, but we never really sat down and just really analyzed it. Really just looked at it and observed it. Um, She was doing this. And actually this is the first topic. Fuck it. ADD sidebar. Fuck it all. Um, We were watching this NPR special and actually my good friends, Tim and Mariana, I got to get it. Uh, I got to get it. I love that name, by the way. Um, we were we were watching NPR. And there's a series on NPR where where they play different artists. Um, uh, we had, I think we had Frank Ocean. We had Tyler, the Creator. We had Little Yachty. We had um, um, Alicia Keys. We had um, Wu-Tang Clan. We had... Um, John Legend, we had reggae artists, like underground, like reggae artists. We had many different people from many different sectors of business and business, music, um, 
And they were getting up there doing a raw form of their art. So NPR, they were like in this really small enclosed, and I don't know if any of you guys have seen it. Um, they were in this enclosed kind of like library studio thing. And it was like a little bit of a crowd there and they were all just dressed casually. And Mac Miller was literally on shrooms and acid probably and lots of cocaine, um, <laughs> just being super objective. You know, John Legend was just, he was so raw. He was like, it was like eight years ago and he was just showing his pain and his emotion. And and you could just see in his eyes that he connected with the song at a real level. I've always noticed like when people don't look necessarily at one thing, their eyes are wandering. That means they're, they're, they're literally in a state of feeling, literally in a state of being, literally in a state of is versus a state of reaction, a state of intentionality and all these other things. Um, what else? Back to, I guess, Alicia Keys, just so she was doing the NPR special and she was so authentic and, and, and vibey and she hit, dude, she still has it. Like her voice, she still has it. And, and here's the thing. One of my good friends, Dylan, um, brought this up. Alicia Keys is now at a point in her career where she could have easily went the Rihanna route, the Beyonce route. And instead of doing that, she decided to go a route that was number one, so brave, number two, so interesting and strategic and, and innovative. Because I think like putting my business cap on from, from a, from a business and financial perspective, let's just call it what it is. The alliance between her and Swiss beats created a moment for her where finances will never be an issue. And she's had such, such a magnificent career. So she probably has her own seven to $12 million that she's accumulated. But what my friend was saying, which I really respect is that she is now no longer in the spotlight and she is now just making music in a moment. And we were just tripping when we were realizing and understanding and thinking about like, wow, this is Alicia Keys like three months ago in her rawest form. This is her. This is her for all her sexuality, all her thickness, all her love, all her beauty, all of her everything. This is who she is. And she is so safe and comfortable and honest about that. And, and that is something that, dude, that is something that is just another, that is another quote unquote, um, another sidebar again. This dude, it's literally probably three inches and 40 minutes here in, in Maryland. So I don't know what the fuck this is, but um, she is so special. And we were noticing that and experiencing that and feeling that. Um, I think what I did will probably be the last time I do it for a nice six to eight month stretch. Um, I think for me, Shrooms has been doing something for me that I think I needed. And I think I needed it because I've been in a really, what did I, why did I actually need it? The real reason why I actually needed it is, and this is a, this is a vulnerable statement. I think I was born. <laughs> all right. This is some real shroomy shit. I apologize. I'm about to get into a deep fucking rabbit hole. Last night, the dude I was hanging out with, um, he shared with me that he thinks there's like this serpent this literal energy, this thing 
that talks to each person this right before they're born. So he believes that, and we're not talking like in a physical state, we're talking in a virtual, mental, emotional, energy, energy, energy state. Um, he said that he thinks, and this is based off of like devils and gods and religions and all these things. He thinks that there's someone that talks to you and like onboards you to, to, to life. And I'll talk about that topic later because I actually have a topic on that. But he believes the onboarding process is long conversations right before you enter or exit the the, the female's womb. And, and he said that he thinks in those onboarding moments, they cover all different topics that inevitably set up your 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 being, right? Like it's like a it's like the last chip you put into a computer for the computer to actually work, for the car to actually work, for the machine to actually work. Um, and, uh, I think there's a strong argument to be made that something may have gone wrong with me when, <laughs> when they started the onboarding process with me, dude, cause I'm fucked and I genuinely believe that. And I'm, and I'm honest about that. Um, and, and what I'm talking about specifically is that I'm doing the shrooms and I've done the shrooms from, from, a, from, a, from an angle of. I need to find wins and I need to lock in and focus and I, and I, and I need to channel all of this extra energy and feelings and ideas and, and thoughts that I've been having about who I actually am. I'm needing, and I need it somewhere to put and channel that. Um, and these last two weekends has done that for me. I need to work harder with my businesses. I need to work harder getting a job. I need to work harder getting better at the skill of what I'm doing. I need to keep focusing on getting to this goal that I have financially. I need to not ignore my health. Um, I need to not um, ignore tax tax issues. I need to not ignore... Um, um, what I have in my mind of being a full-fledged adult that does and cares for those he loves. And I think connecting it to the onboarding process, there were things that I think were told to me and, and stories and narratives about life that were, that were told to me that I think I had this natural ability to just go through life kind of um, making more mistakes than most, making more mistakes than most. And, um, I'm uh I did the shrooms and I'm doing the shrooms to to understand more of that and to have more clarity around certain things and to let energy out that needs to be out. Um so this is the first topic or the intro, whatever you want to call it. I'm gonna cut to another uh episode here or fucking episode, another segment of this, but um my wrapping up statement of this opening segment is the following like i i am in a real place right now where i am feeling clear decisive confused and and in touch with what needs to fucking happen there is no joking around there is no playing around i'm taking every variable of life fucking seriously 
Now, am I acting on those things and giving it my full effort? No, but but I but I'm feeling my mind, I'm feeling my body getting right there. Like I'm just dialing it in. From my finances to my business to my to my career to my skill set to my wife to my friends to other relationships that I'm I'm interested in understanding to my sexuality to my mind. I'm dialed in. I'm locked in, nigga. <laughs> um, I'm focused. And so, yeah, that's the first segment. And uh, let's talk about some other shit. All right, first topic. Um, that intro was crazy. So, like, I already mentally know when I play this back, I'm going to be like, yeah, you were just start dropping some shit. So right now I'm probably in the mixture of a 20% shroom, 80% weed high and significantly clear, clear with lots of clarity right now. So, um, yeah, we're going to hop into another topic. Is it the job of someone that loves you to know, realize, and understand boundaries without you directly and verbally sharing those boundaries exist? Should I read that again? I think I should. Is it the job of someone that loves you to know, realize, independent things, right? Know, realize, and understand boundaries without you directly and verbally sharing those boundaries? I think everyone has the ability to have self-awareness and read the fucking room. I believe God, energy, fucking Allah, whoever you believe in, I believe we have that that ability to lock in and understand and feel. <clears throat> I'll say this though. The way we also are designed is we're designed to we're designed to live heavily off of our perceptions, the stories that we tell ourselves, the stories that were told to us and our emotions. And when that happens, clarity and communication fixes all, right? Like if you look in the business world, when you put teams together, you look in the sports world, when you put teams together, you look at relationships like marriages and friendships, you look at sex, you look at life, this is, everything gets better with clear and honest and streamlined communication. Now, here's the problem with it. Emotions. The fake world has too many of them. Now, emotions are good. Emotions can protect you. Emotions can save you. Emotions are everything. But but I will say that emotions, you pay a price for them. And so going back to the question here, I believe it is... I'm going to change the words around. I believe it is for someone that loves you. I I do believe it's their job to know by asking questions, by facilitating, by learning, by researching, by wanting to know. I believe it is their job to realize by wanting to realize. Like me and my partner right now, I want her to realize. I want to understand and realize from her. Like, like it's intentional work. It's an action that is needed Um, and understand empathy. 
empathy is a real empathy. God, empathy is crazy because the things that you feel when you're on streams is something that I have to, I have, and I will, and I will try my best to continue to bring back into this fake bullshit world, which is if I can feel what my fiance or my friends or anyone that I love, I can feel what they're feeling or have the ability to just get there for moments. And that happens on shrooms. If I can just get there for a moment, I'm like, ooh, let me redirect. Let me lean in. Let me do more. Let me stop doing what I did. Let, let me figure out what I need to do for you because I'm feeling you. And when you're on shrooms, you probably feel that three to four times throughout the night. But it's a, it's a, it's a skill and a tactic and an ability that should be taken back to you in this particular world. And so to get back to the question in totality, in my opinion, this is the job of someone that loves you to know, realize, and understand the boundaries that you have without you directly and verbalizing, sharing that with them. The answer is hell to the no. It, <clears throat> it is not their job. It is not a natural ability. The only thing that it's it's a job of theirs for and the only thing they're supposed to do is have the curiosity to find out. The curiosity to find out. I think in a relationship, I think as a leader in a company, I think as a head coach of a sports team, I think as a teammate, I think as a fellow human, it is your responsibility to stay so fucking curious, so, so intently <clears throat> wanting of the moment that once you go through the process, yes, you will begin to know and realize and understand their boundaries. Because boundaries can change. Boundaries can honestly, honestly, honestly change. Boundaries can go in so many different areas, so many different facets of boundaries. Boundaries can boundaries can change. Um, another thing we talked about last night, actually, sidebar. We talked about manipulating karma. <laughs> I'm going through a journey right now where I believe if you do things from your most honest place, I'm, I'm wondering if God or energy or whatever we want to believe in, I'm wondering if <clears throat> that can stop the karma and the way that we think karma is because karma, as my friend was explaining to last night, is just a revolving energy that just continues to bounce off of life, bounce off of decisions, bounce off of frameworks, bounce off of moments, bounce off of energy. And um, I was saying that I think when people do things from a negative place, a low vibration state, like with, with bad intentions, I believe it's very different than like, I, I gave an, I gave an example. Let's say in the eyes of a relationship, you want to cheat or the eyes of a relationship, you want to have your partner understand more of who you are and to be okay with that and to not judge that and to know that you don't own each other with that and to not react negatively to that. And, and, and in fact, to be happy with what you have. Be happy with your individual track. <clears throat> track. I don't know why my voice. I don't know what's, you know, that's a sidebar. I have, I do have water here, guys. 
So I'm doing my best. I think this medical marijuana that I fucking just smoked did something to my fucking solar plex or whatever you want to call it. Like my body feels like it's fucking, I got Marilyn Monroe up here. I feel like I'm in the picture with her looking off into the nothing fucking vibing right now. So the, the point that I'm trying to make, the point that I'm trying to make, I believe you can manipulate things from a karma perspective, from a karmic perspective. When you are in, when you are living at your highest vibration, your highest energy, your highest level of clarity, your highest purity, I believe life will inevitably work itself out if you are trying to make it work out. Now, then there's arguments that can be made going back to the, to the communication. Well, should you ask directly? Should you passively ask? Should you, should you do what's best in your own track? There's so many variables that we can unpack, but the point is to answer this question succinctly, I do believe that it's not their job to know. It's not their job to realize. It's not their job to understand or have empathy around. It's their job to have the desire, the chutzpah, to go through the process for all of those things. That's what I do believe. Let's get to the next topic. My process for raising standards in my relationship, career, personal self-image. What are my thoughts? I'll make this one quick. Um, what's my process? Um, I think I'm going through it right now. I think this has been like the the, the core principle of of uh, the podcast. But I think if I were to like try to succinctly outline it, I'd probably break it up into four to six different categories. I think for the first... I start with financial and business. Um, when I feel like I need to raise my standard, I try to I try to sit back for a moment and really um, be honest with myself. Like, dude, you're bullshitting. You're not doing well in these categories. Look at the data. Look at the metrics of like the outcomes that you're trying to aspire to get, um, and level the fuck up. Like, I I I my so step one is honesty. Step one is like direct honesty. Step one is wake up. Like step one is wake up, Mr. West. Like, like once, like that is the that is the step, um, and it is it is a must. Like I can't I can't avoid that step. I can't avoid the honesty of that step. Um, the second step for me when it's time to raise my standard standards is probably doing just an analysis of like where I'm actually fucking up. Like getting it pretty tangible and just writing it out in my my notes or my Google Doc, whatever the case is. Then the next step is communication to others around me, you know, asking for help, talking it out with others, trying to get different perspectives, um, trying to um, analyze different vari uh, variations of things happening. Um, and again, it, it could be in business and like right, like right now, for example, it's business. It's getting a, it's getting another job. It's, um, it's my relationship right now. It's my sexuality. It's um, my process and, and ability to make others see, I'm going through a journey right now. I'm, I'm I'm genuinely trying to help others see this whole rant that I'm going on. We're not owning people and separate tracks. And um, it's a weird journey right now. So I'm, I'm trying to level up there. So the punch is my process is the honesty piece to myself, the communication piece, the 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 immediate doing piece. Like I do think to, to level up, I do things very quickly. Um, 
I can thrust myself into the moment versus then thinking too much about the moment. Though with this podcast, it took me probably six months of thinking. And I don't even know why that is. I don't know if that's from that was from a place of insecurity, a, pl- a place of fear, a place of feeling like I'm not cool. And I don't know where it's from, um, but I did it. So fuck you. Right. Um, I think. Uh, so what's next in my process? Um, and then I make tweaks and adjustments. That's something I'm getting. Ooh, that's going to sound like shit. Um, that's something I'm getting better at. Um I'm getting better at the tweaks and adjustments. Um, I'm getting better at I'm getting better at analyzing the mistakes that I'm making and and assessing them and giving them realistic grades if you want to do it from that way and, and being honest and, and changing things up. Um and then I think from there, my last step in my process when I want to level up is just constant bringing it back to the real, like, like just constant, you know, just bringing it back to the real. That might be the title of the podcast. Honestly, I'm not sure yet. Um, but what that means is pretty much like those conversations with, with myself again, those moments where, um, those moments where I'm, I'm thinking, I'm pausing, I'm, I'm reflecting, I'm being, um, the shrooms, the weed, the, 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 the rest, the sleep, the, you know, the, um, the space, you know, so that's my process. Every time that I want to level up, that's what I've always done. Um, and again, there are arguments that could be made that I'm not, that I need to get better, even with my process of leveling, leveling up. Um, do I think I've reached certain levels in life that I'm proud of over, over the course of a certain amount of time? Of course, but um, I don't know. That's my process and that's the answer to the question. And I need to get this on wax, something that I need to just tell everyone. Anyone that's, that will be coming onto this podcast as a guest, anyone that wants to try to be a guest on this podcast, I'm bringing on human beings. I don't give a shit if you have one follower on Twitter or a million. Um, if you're interesting, if you can get deep into different rabbit holes of just random life and culture, uh, we can talk. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't even know where I was going with that statement. Where was I going with that statement? Oh, there's a community topic, Google Doc, that I'm probably going to put out to the world. Probably going to tweet it out. I'm pro- I'll probably, I'll probably tweet it out. If I can figure it out in like the next 30 seconds, I'll do it right now. Like I'll do it. Yeah, I'm going to, I might, I might just do it right now as I'm talking it out. Um, yeah, but you see, it's going to take some, uh, yeah, I'll play with it later, but yeah, cause it's going to take like some more brain power that I don't feel like doing. But the punchline is I have a, I have a topic list and I'm giving it out to the community. So every single guest that comes onto the podcast and anyone that knows about it, if you want to hear me talk about things, if you want to come onto the podcast and talk about things, you can add to the list, add to the list, chop some shit up and just talk and really unpack. Um, so I don't know if that's dope to you, but I think it's, it is, it is kind of interesting for me to have a community podcast, a community podcast for me seems so much more interesting than, um, than, a podcast where it's just the things that I want to talk about. 
because I'm giving my perspective, my perspective and my narrative on things that you want to talk about, things that are important to you, topics and variables that are important to you. So, um, yeah, those are my thoughts on that particular topic. Let's go to the next topic. This topic is crazy. I'm going to be honest. This topic is um, this topic. I don't know what the fuck my boy last night was talking about with this topic. But he fucking turned it into a crazy story. And I'm going to try to reflect and, and remember this. So I'm just going to give you the topic. I got to get it out. Building a religion around a human being. So here, here was the concept. He said things like Muhammad Ali, Martin Luther King, Gandhi, Jesus Christ, and so many others. So many others. And he said that all of these people, um, he believes, were chosen by an energy. He can't tell you the reason why. He doesn't necessarily know the reason why. But he feels like there are certain people in life, because he, he actually connected it to Alicia Keys. He said there's a certain certain portion of life, people in life, that just have the energy to be so brave and raw. They just have the energy to be brave and raw and honest. And pure and good and special and heroic. And they, they have a calling to change the direction of life. He talked about how when Jesus Christ entered the, entered the world, he just cut through reality. He created a matrix moment. Talked about when Martin Luther King, like, think about it, guys, Gandhi. They literally changed the world. The world. They were born. In his eyes, maybe that little serpent said to them, you're going to change the fucking world. World. Ugh. World. You're going to change how people see things, analyze things, think about things, how they are, who they who they want to be, how they treat each other, how they love each other. You're going to change the world. Elon Musk, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates. Um, world, guys, world. And he said that there are moments where you can make an objective argument that those people were so substantial and so important to society that you could make an argument that a religion was built around them. Because a, a religion is nothing more than a narrative and stories and guidelines that you follow. And large groups of people do the same. So there's an argument that could be made that Jesus Christ and Elon Musk and Martin Luther King and, and, and Steve Jobs and and Gandhi and all these things. There's an argument that could be made that we all follow a narrative and a perspective that they have in such as godlike um, element. And it's really fascinating. So I think there is a way that you could, and I think not even could, I think we do build religions around people. I think we do. I think there's an objective argument that could be made. And I think people just inevitably find out and think about who they want to deem their religion, you know? So 
this was an interesting topic. It's a quick topic because there's not too much else to say about it. I, I could get deeper, but it, you know, I would have to have all of you listening, like in front of me doing, doing streams. And that was another thing too. Like I said that there should be a place, a location where people can just be like, they were telling me last night about there are literal places where you can just come in and say, I want to talk about something. I got something to say and go up on a stage, grab the mic and just talk like this and ask people different questions and interactions. That would be such a dope place to go. That'd be such a dope place to go. Be such a, like, think about it, guys. They have, you know, they have everything, you know, it's like a, like, imagine it's like a, um, like a co-working space or a creative studio atmosphere with drinks and cocktails and coffees and, you know, things like that. But people are there to just meet other people, not work, not not get wrapped into their own rabbit holes of life or their own pockets of life, but but more or less get wrapped into community, get wrapped into, in, you know, integral and deep thought. Maybe it's only open on Fridays and Saturdays or, or Wednesdays or maybe there's morning sessions, but inevitably you're there and just sit down and say, hey, let's talk about something. Here's a couple of things I have on my mind right now. Do you have thoughts on that perspectives on that? I think that was, dude, that, that blew my mind last night. I, I really, really, really fucked with that. So um, let's move on to the next topic. Ja Morant and Derrick Rose. Same player. It's a question mark on my, my voice. <laughs> um, good or bad? I I stole this from an Instagram page that I follow. They made a comment that I thought there's an objective argument could, that could be made. John Morant, with statistics and athletic ability and, and the way he plays, is a very similar role and character to Derrick Rose. Are they the same? Are they similar? Um, I think I think there's an argument that could be made if John Morant does things that I think Derrick Rose did from a putting the team on his back, getting to second round and finals and MVPs and just really big heroic moments. Um, I think there's an argument that could be made where he could start to get into those conversations because, I mean, we all know that Derrick Rose only had like a three-year window of, I mean, I don't even know if I want to say this. I was going to say there's an argument that could be made that he had a better three-year stretch than an Allen Iverson had before, but that's a blast from this asinine statement that I just made. I should I should punch my head um, for saying that, or maybe I shouldn't. Maybe 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 the shrooms is telling me that that's what it is. But neither here, there, John Morant and Derek, um, they are very similar. They are very similar. Um, and I think I think John Morant lands better than Derek. I mean, Derek, what a lot of people don't know, and God bless his soul, my 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 um my late my late brother Zach. Um my late brother Zach, he he used to always say and analyze that when Derek Rose had the injuries that he had. It was because of the way he used to land. Derrick Rose would land literally in a way that would, um, he would land in a way that would uh, 
like his legs were straight when he would land. So like, I feel like I, I'm trying to explain it, but I can't do a great job of it. When he would land straight, all the force and pressure of him just jumping 48 inches in the air and coming down, you know, and he's probably a buck 80, 200 pounds. His knees didn't, you know, knees don't have shocks in them. Knees just need to bend. That's the shock. It can't be a straight, there's no compression in there. So we think over time, his bones just kept fucking smacking against each other. And eventually, um, his ACLs gave out multiple times in a row. And um, because he would get so high, dude, and, and I love this, dude. He would literally tomahawk it on someone's fucking throat. Like his dick would be in their ear. That's how high he would get. He would literally... He would literally jump up so high with so much power and force that he would literally be like dunking in their ear with two hands, guys. He would dunk with two hands. People don't dunk with two hands. Big men that are like 6'10 dunk with two hands. Lamar, LeBron James doesn't even dunk with two hands that often. Kobe, Kobe used to dunk with, Kobe used to, <laughs> Vince Carter used to dunk with two hands, but Kobe used to do that too. But but long story short, John Moran, and, and, and that's what John Moran does. John Moran, dunks on people's throats um puts his probably nine inch dick in their fucking ear like yeah i'm john morant <laughs> this is what i'm doing now deal with it <laughs> um so those are my similarities like that's how i feel about the both of them there's definitely there's definitely similarities they're definitely both objectively great and um we'll see if john morant can have the type of success and healthy sustainability that Dare couldn't. So, um, but who do I think? Well, I, I, I never, I will never think, I think, you know, you have Allen Iverson, you have um, Russell Westbrook for moments. You've had Derek Rose. Like, there are objectively just certain point guards that you'll just never see again. And um, I think Derek Rose is one of those. All right, let's officially break down the onboarding process in life. What 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 so let's let's do it like a fucking open up a Google Doc here. <laughs> let's bullet point out the things. Let's get past the serpent and all the religious shit. Let's just talk about it like super logically from like a once they're here perspective. Um I think once a human being is here, I think here are the first five things that you have to onboard them on when they're like zero to 10. Um, you have to onboard them on how to like not talk to people that are like weird or, or strange, right? And you have to teach them that human beings have um, negative intentions at times in really like ideals and perspectives and, and, and value sets are just misaligned often. And you have to watch out for that. Um, you know, I think you have to eat and go to the bathroom and all, you know, all those things, right? But I think on an emotional variable, in those first 10 years, I think you need to be introduced to creativity, honesty, accountability. Um, I think I think now I'm starting to get to the point where like zero to 10, zero to 15, you have to introduce them at some point to like how to really love themselves and be whole with the intention of loving others and helping them feel and be whole and loving them for that. 
teaching them about separate tracks. Um, that would be my own, some of the onboarding variables from like zero to 10, zero to 15. And, and see, you see where I'm going here when I said that? Like onboarding to life, right? I think, and I, and I have this perspective in the business world. I think, again, there's an argument that could be made that onboarding should never stop. Like, I think there's always periods of time with a new job or life that like there's a certain prerequisite for like being here and being alive and being in this moment. But I think the issue that we have in America is like learning, learning stops at 18. And that's only one element of learning. Learning stops. People don't, people don't spend enough time really learning and understanding life from others. And there's no, there's no facilitating moments. There's no moments that facilitates and drives, um, drives people to really understand and be other variables of life besides just education and jobs. And that's a whole nother thing that we can get into another day because I believe that's all right. I fucking we'll go there now for a second. I believe that's intended by, um, by the government. I mean, and that's another thing we were talking about last night. Like if you really, if you really unpack it and think about it, there's so much fucking ego wrapped up at the top of the world. <laughs> like, all right. So this is crazy. And this nigga Dylan is fucking crazy. Um, he said to me that there's an argument that could be made that, and this is, I, I want to figure out how I want to say this actually, because I don't want to fucking, okay, how do I want to say this? I don't even know if I want to say this because this is maybe a little too controversial. I'm not even going to go there. The point that we're going to try to make onboarding in life should not just be a moment. It should be a lifelong learning journey. And so I think from 18 till, I think from 18 to 30, financial literacy, um, understanding investments, property, land, um, how to, how to analyze losing and failing and dealing with difficult moments and, and from a financial perspective, how to ask for help, how to understand why help is okay, how to, how to, how to preserve one's own emotions, how to, um, really doubling down on the tracks and how to really, um, again, how to relearn, how to love yourself, how to, how to love this new version, this new adult version of yourself. So those are some elements, right? So I think in each phase of life, we have like re-onboarding moments really, or like, you know, you know, upskilling, you know, like, you know, reteaching each other, like, like reskilling our emotions, reskilling our frameworks, reskilling the stories that we tell ourselves. Um, so that was some shit that we were talking about last night that I think is so true. Like, like it's so real. It's so true. It's so vital. It's so, it's so just is. And it's needed. And I thank shrooms for that. I really, really do. My most recent learning moment in Nard War. Hmm. First thing that first things that I think about, this is some rapid fire shit. Um, my most recent learning moment has been the tracks, the mental tracks, um, removing the process of removing ego. I've learned it. Like it's, it's taught, like I can teach it. I can teach it. Right. Like that's when you learn something, when you learn something, you can teach it. 
Um, yes, objectively. <laughs> um, Nardwar. Fucking goat. Fucking goat. Took 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 what was probably a weird life for him growing up. Like, like Nard, like there should be a I would love idea. Fucking idea. Fuck you. Idea. Um, Nardwar should have like a like a show on FX. It's like about his life. Remember that show? Um, I think it was uh, Eddie Murphy or was it Eddie? No, was it Eddie Murphy? Uh, who had that show? Krista? No. There was a show on some station that was about a comedian's life, and he was a black. It was a black kid. Um, but anyway, um, I think Nardwar should have a show like that, but on FX, a little bit more raw. And I think, I think honestly, the first few seasons should be Nardwar between the ages of like thirteen to like nineteen, and showing 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 the difficult nature of life he probably went through, because Nardwar is a weird fuck. Like he's he's objectively very different than most, but he had such he has such a skill and a talent of memory and research, and his his literal physical appearance is different. And I would love to see the process of him trying to channel that and understand that, and then and then inevitably um, be comfortable with who he is, aka Nardwar. Nardwar probably is a millionaire. Like someone needs to do a case study on Nardwar. Um, honestly, like someone needs to do a case study on Nardwar needs to go to NYU and give a talk at the entrepreneurship program or at the media program or at the, you know, at the PR program, at the, at the communications program, like Nardwar, I love you. <laughs> like he's amazing. Objectively. It's not a, it's not a joke. Okay. Like this isn't something I'm pondering and mm, I want everyone to agree. No, this is a fact. So, shout out to you, Narwar. My favorite porn star. This is a. This is something that I'm going to give you. I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to give you some of my favorite ones and why. Jiz Lee. Jiz Lee is. Her appearance to me is subtle. There's subtleties about her that are just so magnificent. Um, her energy when she's in lesbian scenes is fucking crazy. Um, her attention to detail, her natural state of being. She's she's hairy, dude, and I like that. I appreciate it. I I I love her because she loves her. Um, I think Kelly Devine's number just objectively her ass. Um. And, but her energy, she was always true and real in those scenes. Um, I think Eridana Ari, Ari, or Adrina, Adrina Shellick, I can't pronounce her last name, but she's Russian, tiny girl. Um, the moments where she's not fucking around. Cause she fucks around a lot. She's kind of at that like really crazy big superstar level now. So, you know, she's fucking around like she's acting like she's a, she's like a theater major now, <laughs> but, um, she runs into some girls sometimes that are like, yeah, stop fucking playing with me. Let's lock in here. Let's, let's really make this scene. A, like, like it's been a couple days in my personal life. I haven't had a good nut. So yeah, let's do that. <laughs> um, who else? 
Um, I'll give you one more. Um, Brooklyn Lee. I've never seen realistic energy and passion like that before. I think every scene was honest. I think, I think she was probably hurting in life and not in, not in a crazy way, but I think, I think she was born with her love language of just fierce energy sexually. (laughs) Um, And she had the ability to give head that I've never fucking seen before. Like, what the fuck? Like, you know, she loved every inch of a fat one. You know, every every inch of a of a big boy she would love. It wasn't a joke for her. Um, so I apologize for getting so graphic with this particular section, but <laughs> um those are my thoughts on that. And I think getting a little bit more mature, um everyone is entitled to have a freak just mammal beast being inside of them sexually and having that come out, whether that's with nine people at one time or one person, whether that's having sex or just kissing, whether that's experimenting or not, or whether that's like, I think I really believe that sex and relationships are two different tracks. And I do believe there are moments, many moments where those tracks overlap, but they also have the ability to go to different directions of life that are separate. And I believe it's okay to get incredibly intense mentally about those tracks and to be okay with that. So yeah, those are my thoughts on that. If you can't celebrate someone's success, you are blank. Dot, 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 dot. Um, this was a question that I didn't put in there. This is one of the community ones. Um, let me read that again. Cause I was high as shit trying to do those dots and be cute. And it probably wasn't really that funny. So let me just read it regular. <laughs> um, if you can't celebrate cele- celebrities, if you can't celebrate others, others progress, then you are a dot, 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 fill in the blank. Um, if you can't celebrate you are you are you are unsure about you life and you are you're not wrong you're not bad like i think the first thing that people think about when they hear this question is like you're like you're probably an asshole you're you're hating. You're a hater. You're you're an you're a dick. You're 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 a fuck. You're you're you know jealous, right? I don't think that's actually true. I think someone that looks like a hater or jealous or whatever you want to throw on it, I think that person is actually just lost for a moment. Like we really all just like close our eyes and like think about life for a moment. We're all just lost at times. There are moments where we're just like wandering through life, wandering through this fucking world. And I think 
in those moments where we're wandering, it is very difficult. It is incredibly difficult to celebrate others' progress, others' wins, others' moments when we're trying to lock in on who the fuck we are. That takes an intense amount of energy. The only thing you can do is actually have this fake world that we're living in on autopilot while you're working on you. Because working on you takes energy. Working on you is no joke. Nigga. And um, it's something that a lot of people don't recognize. So that is actually my honest answer. When I hear, when I, yeah, when I hear this, if you can't celebrate others' progress, then you are a, you are a fucking human that's going through some shit. That is my answer. So, as always, this is another episode of Project LLV, Legacy Lifestyle and Values. Right now, for me, um, I think. I think my right now my my values are are heavy right now. I think I'm rearranging them. I think I'm speaking about them and I think I'm I'm locking in. I think my feet are fucking in cement right now. I'm locked in. I want every person that cares about me that knows me to be to be happy for who I am and what my values are. And I want to learn to do that for others as well. So thank you for listening. And uh We'll probably take the first season up to like 30 episodes and then we'll do um, season two. So love you and thank you. I know you couldn't wait to rip the package and off your CD. But we here now. I do it. The most anticipated CD of the year. Silly niggas. Finally famous for them three. Catch me running to the money until my feet lose feeling. Stack it wall to wall till it's leaking through the ceiling, man. All fucking hundreds, so it's that. Like a zillion working graveyard shifts, cause we finna make up killing. Went from intern to the owner of the building, busting nuts, counting money like, oh, what a feeling to be seeing what I'm seeing after I seen what I seen. It's like acting out a scene from a dream of my dream. Hold up, you think I was gonna let y'all get away that easy? Catch me running to the money until my feet lose feeling. Stack it wall to wall till it's leaking through the ceiling, man. All fucking hundreds, so it's that. Like a zillion working graveyard shifts, cause we finna make up killing. Went from intern to the owner of the building, busting nuts, counting money like, oh, what a feeling to be seeing what I'm seeing after I seen what I seen. It's like acting out a scene from a dream of my dream. I got a dream that's worth more than my reality. And pride that's worth more than a salary. And a text from the girl I love, I stop calling. Quote, I hope it's worth all it. Sometimes I feel I'm working just to work harder. And then work harder than who worked the hardest. Man, the life of a workaholic. You either on your work or just working on it. Man, fuck it, kill them all. We gon' need a ton of flowers. And if you need impossible, give me by the hour. It's time to turn a Polaroid to a portrait. Rockin' street clothes, getting money like I'm corporate. 
youngie getting it Isn't life gorgeous Bet the crib on them and you'll end up with a fortress And I'ma need that new condo Townhome, brownstone Should I fuck with the Dow Jones? Or maybe I'll put money on the block instead There's no need to say I could get changed off the street next to the meter maze Cause I need a maid house with a piece of shade Butler's doing such a good job that they need a raise Bad chick with an angel ass and an Aaliyah face Trying to show a little TNA Hey, hell yeah, I'm trying to see the day Man, life is so bright when you don't see the gray The new school appointed me to lead the way A real nigga to the DNA Me, Mike, Brinks, and Dilla sticking to the script And what's the name still licking on my tip? Go ahead and tell these bitches who they fucking with Man, to get where I'm at, I'll make a suck a hundred dicks Man, to get where I'm at, I'll make a suck a hundred dicks Her mouth looking like Dannon Because me and Cannon and to get where we at She had to suck a hundred dicks Biatch Man, I got on Versace shades, Versace belt, Versace shoes. I might have fucked around and been the freshest nigga in the world today. You don't understand, man, I came from nothing. This is what I dreamed about. This is what we dreamed about, boy. B.I.G. Shine Down, nigga. Good music. Famous in this Everything Detroit, what up, though? Hey, yo, pig Motherfuckers always asking me, like Where you gonna let somebody else see? We gonna pass the baton to somebody My response is Fuck, I look like Carl Lewis I feel like you're saying both I gotta run the streets Who else gonna do it better than me? The, the, the The cannon. The cannon. So you can cut all the chit chatting out and just know one thing: we finally famous, motherfucker.